Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is Wellness Talk. And of course, I am George Batista, as always, your host and your wellness advocate. Of course, Wellness Talk is a show that goes over the latest in health and healing and nutrition. So I've been thinking a lot about uh, longevity lately. And um, if you look at the science of longevity, there's one thing that kind of repeats itself over and over. You find a common theme when you're looking at longevity, as far as living into your ripe old age in a healthy way. And one of the things you find is how important maintaining muscle mass actually is. And it's one of the top ingredients that I have found throughout the years of all the research that I've done and how important it really, really is to uh, avoid sarcopenia or at least try to mitigate what's called sarcopenia or the loss of muscle mass as you get older. It's really one of the big keys to longevity I have found. Obviously, the nutrition piece is, is key and all the other stuff and, you know, making sure your heart is in good shape and all that. Yeah, you got to definitely do that. But muscle mass really and muscle metabolism really actually has such uh, an effect on your overall metabolic health, especially with different types of conditions. So we're going to discuss that today. It's one of the things I've discussed a little bit in the past on some of the shows, but I haven't really gone in depth. And I really want to, you know, dive into it this week. So first, we're going to start with a piece from the wellness company. And this is uh, the, the surprising link between sarcopenia and chronic disease. So again, sarcopenia is the loss of muscle mass as you get older. And when you look at a lot of older folks, especially in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, even the folks that may be in your own family or friends, those that have not maintained muscle mass, you start to see a lot of problems, right? Uh, you start to see them hunching. You start to see them just uh, overall not as functional as they were. And um, a lot of that has to do with sarcopenia. So we're going to talk about exactly what sarcopenia is. We're going to talk about how it relates to a lot of different metabolic conditions and why you should really be concerned or not even concerned, but what you, what you should really think about in your longevity program regarding maintaining muscle. Then brand new information. This is by Jut Jutendo University Research Promotion uh, Center. And this is investigating the effect of exercise habits in adolescence and midlife on the risk of sarcopenia in older age. So when you think about maintaining muscles, it's not just about when you get older. It's also um, what you do when you're younger that affects you as you get older. Maintaining muscle is one of those things. So they talk about it on this um, in this study. And they followed people uh, who maintained muscle when they were younger and saw what the risk was as they got older as far as their muscle mass and um, how it affected them. So it's a very good study, and we'll definitely go over that. Then from Wellness Resources, we're going to talk about thyroid and muscle health linked. So those of you who uh, may have a thyroid issue or know someone that may, has a, may have a thyroid issue, um, thyroid health is very, very important in this as well, okay, because there is a direct correlation between how healthy your thyroid is and muscle health and vice versa and why you should keep those two in balance, okay, because they do affect each other in more ways than you can think of. So we'll discuss exactly um, what the effects are and uh, how you can maintain them. And then I'll go through some of my, um, my experiences with muscle, muscle health and how I maintain muscle health, um, you know, obviously as I'm getting older. 
and what you guys can do in your overall uh, longevity toolbox. Okay, so that's what we're going to discuss today. I think it's very, very important. And those of you who are concerned about longevity at all, definitely take a take a you know a really really good look at this because it's something you really you know you really really want to pay attention to and it's not about bulking up it's not about becoming a bodybuilder or anything like that it has nothing to do with that you can maintain muscle health in very simple ways make it more functional whether you want to pick up the grandchild whether you want to do stuff around your house you know do you know just do basic projects around your house and that type of thing that involves muscle um, there's very simple things you can do to make it very, very functional. So that's what we'll discuss today. Very, very important stuff. Okay. So um, again, you know, obviously, you know, go to georgebatista.com, making sure that you uh, check out all the articles that we go over. Uh, if you guys want to, um, you know, uh, sign up for the newsletter, make sure you do that as well. That's on the front you know, front page, you can sign up and have all these articles go in directly to your email box. If you guys want to support the show, make sure you support it. So again, at the front page, you can support whatever you can give to the show is always appreciated. And thank you so much for those of you that support us regularly, because um, it just goes into improving the show and giving you more and more of what you guys are looking for as far as longevity and health and that type of thing. Okay. All right. So before uh, I move forward, I want to talk to you about the wellness company and specifically a uh, formula that the wellness company has that you guys should definitely take a look at. So if you are concerned about spike proteins, definitely check this out. Okay. So the wellness company shares your values and fights for medical freedom. As always, we've talked about them. They put patients before profits and follow medical science, not political science. So their chief medical board, which includes Dr. Peter McCullough, makes the amazing GMO spike uh, free or GMO free spike formula. Now buying American made naturalistic ingredients of this quality typically costs over a hundred dollars, but their spike formula is only $65.99. So those of you who are concerned about spike formula in any form or fashion, make sure you check them out. Uh, it contains the natto kinase and um, it contains a lot of great ingredients to help you deal with spike proteins. So again, uh, it's the spike formula by the wellness company. Check them out at twc.health forward slash Batista. Again, it's twc.health forward slash Batista. And you guys know that um, the, the uh, wellness company is doing some amazing work. They're expanding. They've just expanded into Canada. So they're growing by leaps and bounds. And if they're, they're building a parallel health system that actually is putting you, the patient, first. And that's primarily what I love about them. And this is why I endorse their, not only their products, but just their overall mission to give you actual health care, because that's what they're concerned about, actual health care. And they put you first. So again, it's twc.health forward slash Batista. If you want to check out all their products, including their spike formula. All right, guys. So let's get started with our articles for the week. So the first one is from the wellness company that we just talked about. And this is the, the surprising link between sarcopenia and chronic disease. So let's talk a little bit about sarcopenia first and some of the numbers, just so you can kind of get a handle on it. So it's estimated that we lose about one to 2% of muscle mass per year 
after the age of 30. So think about that for a second. One to 2% of muscle mass each year after the age of 30. So if you, if let's just say for, you know, simple purposes, uh, if you take from 30 to 50, that's 20 years, let's just say you, you're being conservative and you're losing 1% of muscle mass during that period. You just lost 20% of your muscle mass from age 30 to age 50. Now, let's say you're going to live till 90. Think about how much muscle mass you're going to lose at that, you know, by that point, right? So by the age of 70, the average person will have lost around 30% of their muscle mass, okay? Again, this is sarcopenia. This is the loss of muscle. So obviously, we want to do whatever we can to mitigate that. But one of the reasons, right, and a lot of things, a lot of the reasons why you hear from a lot of doctors as far as um, losing muscle mass is because of the risk of falls and fractures, right, and disability, okay? But, and that's normal, right? Because remember that muscle mass also has is tied to balance, right? Because again, if you have a loss of muscle, you have, uh, there's, there's the, the piece where you may fall, you may break something. And if you don't have, um, strong muscle that is, that's surrounding your bone, obviously you're at more risk of fracture. That's normal. Okay. And, um, so you want to mitigate that as well, but less is known about the link between sarcopenia and chronic disease, such as diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and even cancer. So we'll take a look at that. Okay. So let's like take a look at sarcopenia and type two diabetes. Now sarcopenia is linked to type two diabetes because muscle mass plays an important role in what regulating blood sugar levels. Okay. So when we have less muscle mass, our body becomes less efficient at taking glucose out of the bloodstream, which can lead to chronically high blood sugar levels and insulin resistance. Because remember a lot of the blood sugar that you take in on an everyday basis, right? Your blood sugar goes to your brain. Your blood sugar goes to your skeletal muscle. A lot of the blood sugar that you take in gets shuttled into the skeletal muscle for storage, okay? And then some of it gets taken in by the liver as well for storage as well. But you have to remember that when you are, you know, using your muscle for you know, whatever it is, you're lifting heavy things or where you're working out and you're lifting, uh, you know, you're lifting weights or you're just doing stuff around a yard, right? You have glycogen stores, right? And, and your muscle uses the, uh, the glucose to burn, to help give you that energy or that ATP in order to do whatever it is that you're doing, right? In order to functionally lift things and that type of thing, you're burning glucose through that process, right? And that's good. Okay. And that's good because that helps you main, that helps you maintain healthier glucose levels. Right. And I've talked about it on the show. The more muscle mass you have, the more you use them, those muscles, the less problems you're going to have with type two diabetes or just blood glucose problems in general. So maintaining that number one. So the first thing to think about obviously is to maintain muscle health in terms of type two diabetes and just making sure overall your, your, um, your glucose metabolism is healthy. Now let's take a look at um, sarcopenia versus cognitive decline. Now there's compelling research that strongly linked sarcopenia to cognitive decline. And this doesn't appear to simply be a correlation. Okay. Um, so it's also, you have to look at um, what muscle can do and to facilitate movement. It's also a hormone releasing organ sending out various 
a variety of proteins with protective biological functions. Some of these molecules, such as what's called cathepsin B and brain-derived neurotropic factor, we've talked about that, or BDNF, have been shown to cross the blood-brain barrier and promote the growth of new nerve cells in the brain. Again, BDNF is what helps your brain rejuvenate, helps your brain repair, okay, on a regular basis. Now, there's other neuroprotective mechanisms that uh, relate to muscles effect on mitochondrial health, insulin metabolism, and protein metabolism. Metabolism. So again, muscle health is related to uh, to helping to protect your brain and helping your brain repair through these mechanisms. Brain-derived neurotropic factor, as well as cathepsin B. All these things can help function not only your hormones, but help your brain to do what it needs to do and to help, you know, just overall health. So this is all, you know, again, important. So what are the things that we need to do to help to stave off problems with glucose problems, cognitive problems, obviously do some kind of resistance training. Now in the year 2020, the World Health Organization amended its physical activity recommendations to include muscle training activities at least two days a week for all adults. And I agree with that. I think it should be at least three days a week. Now, two days a week, you can, there's a baseline but I think you should do it, you know, if you could try to do it three days a week, it's even better, right? Because the research shows that no matter what your age, you definitely need to make sure that you're maintaining this. So what can we do? Simple things, body weight exercises, doesn't have to be lifting weights. If you go to the gym and you lift weights, fantastic. And you don't have to worry about it. But if you're at home, simple body weight exercises, push-ups, squats, lunges, uh, you know, stair work, going up and down stairs, you know, all different types of, if you, you know, if you're home, buy some simple weights, kettlebells are great, uh, dumbbells, uh, bands, machines, bands, bands are a very simple thing. Think, think about bands. You can take a band and you can put it at the back of your closet, right? Bands don't really take a lot. Okay. And then, you know, when you're ready, you take those bands and you use them. Okay. If you're sitting down at a computer all day, you can use the bands. You can sit there and what you do is you put your foot on one end of the band and you just do some simple arm exercises, some, some, some basic, uh, you know, um, curls with the bands, very, very easy stuff to do. Okay. This is simple stuff. So any kind of resistance training you can do, but again, using the muscle, using the muscle, that's very, very important. Then on top of that, we want to make sure that we have adequate protein intake. Now, yeah, why, do, why do we need that? Because again, protein forms the building blocks of muscle, right? It is particularly important for anyone uh, you know, to make a concerted effort to build and maintain muscle mass, but making sure that you have adequate protein on top of that. Why? Because protein, what does protein do? It gives you the amino acids to keep those muscles in check and to make sure that you're building muscle properly and or recovering if you are doing any type of resistance work, okay? That's what amino acids do. And this is really why you need your, uh, your protein. So I suggest um, one to two grams of protein per kilogram of body weight each day. Now, um, a lot, you know, I, if you are a person who does very minimal, then I would say half a gram to one gram 
of, uh, of protein of, you know, per kilograms of body weight. If you are a person who's more active, I would suggest one to two grams of, um, protein per kilogram of body weight, but it really depends on how active you are. Now there's always a push and pull. There's always, you know, obviously there's, there's, um, the uh, trainers and the nutritionists and all that, there's always this argument of how much protein people actually need. But either way, protein's you know extremely important. So again, but it really depends on how active you are. The more active you are, the more protein you need, period. Okay. So again, um, I would suggest whey protein if you if you guys are looking at you know taking an extra protein supplement because it's the most bioavailable. But you guys can get your protein from lean chicken, lean turkey. You can get some protein from fish, you know, that type of things. Those are the pro those are the specific proteins that I would use as far as food to get, you know, adequate protein. But either way, it's important information here. And this is why you definitely need to get, you know, that type of stuff. But maintaining muscle mass either way is extremely important and very simple ways that you guys can do it. All right, next from uh, Jutento uh, University Research Promotion Center. This is investigating the effects of exercise habits in adolescents and midlife on the risk of sarcopenia in older age. So this is research from researchers from Japan that show that regular exercise during adolescence may positively impact skeletal muscle function during older ages, thus lowering the risk of sarcopenia. And this was published in the Journal of Cachexia and Sarcopenia and Muscle. This is brand new information on this. So this, so let's, let's talk a little bit about what they did. The team assessed the exercise habits of 1,607 community-dwelling Japanese adults with, uh, uh, which, uh, with comprised 679 males and 928 females aged 65 to 84. And the participants underwent a complete health examination, including measurements of skeletal muscle index, hand grip strength, and that's important, by the way, hand grip strength, and gait speed, right? How fast they walk and their gait. And they adjusted for BMI, body mass index. They adjusted for education, smoking history, protein intake, and the presence of type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, osteoporosis, and exercise habits and that type of thing. And then they measured what's called an odds ratio, okay? The odds ratio of sarcopenia, which is basically their odds of having sarcopenia as they got older. And the odds ratio of sarcopenia was 0.29 times lower in the group of men with with exercise habits in both middle and high school years and in older age compared to the group without exercise habits in both periods. Okay, so 0 0.29 times lower. That was the odds of sarcopenia. Then they further divided the groups into four groups based on their exercise habits in adolescence and older age. So you had four groups. You had no exercise in either period. You had exercise only in adolescence. You had exercise only in older adult, an older age. And then you had exercise in both periods. Let's talk about what they found. Of the total participants, 6.6% of the men and 1.7% of the women had sarcopenia. Now, in men, the odds ratio for sarcopenia low, uh, which was low muscle mass, obviously, and low muscle performance were significantly lower in the group 
that exercise during adolescence and older age. In contrast, women, uh, in women, the odd ratio for low muscle performance was significantly lower in those who exercise during their adolescence and older age. So basically in lay language, what are they saying here? They're saying that maintaining muscle mass, even in your adolescence and midlife was important, was just as important to when you got into your older ages. So what have I talked about on this show before? I talked about how it's important, not only starting an exercise program when you're older, but actually maintaining it throughout your age. Okay. Because you have something what's called muscle memory and it's the ability of your muscle to maintain itself and to actually remember your muscle actually has memory, right? The cells in your muscles actually have memory. They remember and they, they get it. They adjust to what, to the stress that you put them up, that you put your muscles under throughout your life. Okay. But if you've worked out when you're in your adolescence or when you're in your midlife, it's much easier for your muscle to remember what your body put it through and to actually uh, grow and maintain itself as you get older from when you're putting the stress when you're younger. Okay. So for example, when I was in my twenties, I got heavily into bodybuilding and, um, my cousin and I used to bodybuild, you know, a lot, you know, and we used to lift heavy weights and all this type of stuff. We got into the bodybuilding magazines and all that. This is where I really got into maintaining muscle. And I actually gained probably a good 10 pounds of muscle. I was always a thin guy. And I'm still um, relatively thin. I have a very fast metabolism. But um, one of the things you realize is that when we, when we, you know, years later, we didn't bodybuild as much. And I had a lot of back problems. So I couldn't, I couldn't um, lift as heavy weights as I did when I was in my 20s as I got older. But one of the things I realized that when I did do muscle strength building exercise, even through midlife, it was much easier for my body to quickly quickly build muscle. Why? Because of muscle memory. Your muscle actually remembers what the stress that you put under, that you put it under. Okay. Remember you're putting a stress on your body. You're putting a stress on your muscles and your body wants to do everything it can to maintain that muscle strength, right? Because remember your body's in a self-protection mechanism, right? It's metabolically expensive for your body to maintain your muscle not only your brain, but also your muscle. So it has to use all the resources it can to not only maintain that muscle, but also to help build it and to keep it strong. Okay. And as you get older, it, it, it needs even more and more of the resources that body, that your body uh, has on board. This is why it's important that when you get into your older age to um, maintain good protein, to maintain good nutrition, to main, help you maintain that muscle mass. Okay. So again, doing whatever you can through midlife, through adolescence, through midlife will help you maintain it. And it'll be easier to maintain it as you get older because your body's already accustomed to that. So keep these things in mind, especially for those of you who are younger. Um, you know, I would say, look at, you know, when you're younger, I know you're, you're partying, you're hanging out, you're you know doing whatever you need to do. And you're thinking, ah, I'm not worried about it, that type of thing. But think uh, think in terms of longevity, think of, you know what, I, you are going to get to your fifties and sixties and seventies where things start to slow down. Okay. So what can I do now 
let's say you're in your 20, you're 25 or 30, say, what can I do now? You know, little things that can help me grow old gracefully and uh, learn to deal with, you know, getting older and maintaining my muscle and maintaining my health as I get older. Just things to think about. Okay. So again, it's, it's very important information that you need to, um, you know, just overall think about. All right, next, thyroid and muscle health link. This is from Wellness Resources. So again, um, a lot of people don't look at thyroid and how important it is um, just overall, uh, you know, your overall health, but it's very, very important in dealing with muscle health. So let's take a look at it, right? Your skeletal muscle needs activated uh, thyroid hormone also to make sure that it's functioning properly. If thyroid hormone is disrupted, then exercise intolerance, muscle cramps, muscle fatigue, weakness, and even soreness occurs, okay? This can happen with both underactive thyroid and overactive thyroid at any age. Something to think about, okay? So, uh, again, as, as you age, just in general, you um, there is a decline in thyroid hormone. This is something you have to remember that your thyroid naturally declines as you get older because your metabolism starts to slow down. Okay, so but this scenario is linked with loss of muscle mass and a change in quality of muscle tissue. Okay, so this is directly correlated and linked with sarcopenia as you get older. So let's talk about the thyroid hormone and muscle connection. So in infancy and childhood, thyroid hormone, especially T3, is essential for the growth and development of muscles. We know that, right? It helps with the activity of, of different types of muscle fibers, such as fast twitch and slow, uh, slow twitch fibers. We all know that fast twitch and uh, slow twitch fibers, they're two different groups of muscle fibers that are activated in terms of whatever it is that you're doing, whatever stress you're putting in under, whatever kind of um, activity you're doing, right? Let's say long and long um, type of endurance exercises, right? Versus uh, slow twitch, you know, uh, you know, when you're doing long, um, long distance uh, endurance type of exercises versus if you're doing a very explosive type of exercise, you know, that's, you know, right there, um, let's say you're lifting something very heavily and explosive. That's the difference between fast twitch and slow twitch fibers. Okay. You're activating different ones depending on what you're doing. Now we know that, uh, thyroid hormone, you have what's called T4 and you have T3. Okay. T4 is your over, overall activated thyroid, your, your act, your thyroid hormone. That's not necessarily active. It has to be converted into T3 which is the activated thyroid hormone in your body. T3 is essential for making new mitochondria in muscles, okay? With inadequate T3, mitochondria will not work nearly as well, okay? And this is this is what you, there's there's an interwoven relationship that helps your body burn calories, uh, produce heat and energy and assist with posture, movement and function. This is why you have to have adequate adequate T3 as you're moving about your day. Okay. Now researchers have found that natural, uh, that the natural decline in muscle mass and strength or sarcopenia is linked to age related decline in T3 or, uh, thyroid hormone activity. If T3 is limited in the muscles, then it becomes harder for muscles and mitochondria to work. Okay. 
That's why you have to make sure that your T3 is working properly and that you have all the nutrients on board to make sure that you're converting T3 and that you're activating T3. The conversion of T3 and the activation of T3 typically happens in your liver. It also happens a little bit in your kidneys as well. Okay. Now, blood sugar is also impacted as it is not easily burned within skeletal muscle mitochondria as they need activated T3 to work as well. So, Let's talk about thyroid hormone activation in muscles. About 80% of thyroid hormone produced by the thyroid gland is known as T4, and about 20% is T3. Now, T4 must, uh, must be activated or converted into T3 for healthy metabolism to occur. Special compounds that help this activation are the selenoproteins from selenium, um, also, D1, D2, and D3 selenoproteins are critical to the activation of T3, okay? Iodine is also important in this whole activation process. Keep that in mind as well. Now, of the three selenoproteins, D2 is the most critical for adequate T3 thyroid hormone levels in skeletal muscles, okay? So, Exercise increases skeletal muscle D2 selenoprotein activity, right? So this is where the correlation between exercise and making sure that the activated uh, the activated proteins are working properly. And this is a push and pull between the exercise and the activated uh, proteins for thyroid metabolism, okay? So this helps build muscle. Exercise also stimulates the production and activation of mitochondria, which further helps T3 in muscles and aerobic activity, okay? Also, cell membranes and receptor sites need good fats like omega-3s, choline, and phosphatidylserine in order for hormones and other signals to pass in and out of cells, okay? So, so what do we need? We need selenoproteins, we need iodine, we need exercise, okay? We need omega-3s, and then on top of that, we can also use adaptogenic herbs like holy basil, rhodiola, ashwagandha, okay? Those are critical to this. Also, things that balance out the thyroid and the adrenals and the nervous system, okay? What can do that? Coenzyme Q10, B vitamins, PQQ, uh, acetyl L-carnitine are all critical in this whole process. So all those things can help this entire process to, to generate mitochondria, ATP, to help maintain muscle mass, and to help making sure your thyroid is working properly. Again, this is all, this is all comprehensive. So at the end of the day, what do we need to do? This We need to, this entire comprehensive package to help um, overall muscle mass, energy, and maintaining your muscle as you get older. So um, this is all important, and this is what you need to do to maintain it. Now, I you know, do my best to maintain my muscle because I'm getting older. I want to make sure that I'm able to do everything I need to do to, especially when, you know, I have a 16-year-old who's, who's uh, very athletic, and I got to keep up with her. All right. That's one of the big things. So I do a lot of things to maintain my muscle mass. I have a total gym. It's basically body weight exercises, but it works really, really well for me. It's functional fitness. So I do this, you know, I exercise roughly five to six days a week on a you know regular basis. And it's not crazy stuff, you know, 
I could do 20 to 30 minutes and I'm spent, but I'm using my muscles and I'm working in all different planes. So I'm, you know, I'm stimulating my muscles. I'm working, you know, you know, um, just using my muscles and my joints and all different types of movements. And this is why I can throw the ball. This is why I can play basketball and not have to worry about this is why I can throw a fastball. I can, you know, run, hit, jump. I can do all these things as I'm getting older because I maintain my joint health and my muscle mass. This is extremely important. Another thing I do, because those of you who know that I have, um, very, uh, you know, very bad back problems, spinal stenosis, and I deal with a lot of back issues. I do something called foundation training, foundation training by, you know, I, I would suggest those of you who have back problems or maybe have weak back muscles, um, foundation training. I've talked about it before. It's by Dr. Eric Goodman. You can go to foundationtraining.com. They have a great program on how to maintain your back muscles, the, the posterior chain of muscles to help you you know, be very functional as you get older, run, jump, hit, do whatever you need to do. Fantastic program. I do that every single day. It's 10 minutes, 15 minutes at the most um, of exercises to maintain the posterior chain of muscles, but it's fantastic. And even if you do that, you will be maintaining muscle mass because again, it's using your own body weight to maintain your muscle mass. So I would definitely check out foundation training. It's fantastic. Um, I'm going to do more on foundation chaining because I think it's absolutely important for helping you just to maintain muscle mass and maintain the posterior chain. And just it's, it's, it's so functional, but, but another thing, it will help you get out of pain. It really, really will. And I was a person who was in pain for a lot of, a lot of years in my life from back problems and foundation training had changed my life. Uh, with that. So I do a combination of that. I do a combination of cardio and I do a combination of, of, you know, some basic body weight exercises, but I'm not looking to be a bodybuilder and you don't have to be basic body, you know, body weight exercises is all you need to maintain your muscles as you get older, but maintaining it as you get older is the key. Okay. At the end of the day, maintaining it into your seventies and eighties. And if you go on YouTube, You'll find people who are doing that in their 80s and they're lifting weights, they're doing push-ups, they're doing basic things. But it's not just about, um, you know, when, you know, it's not just about falling and balance issues and, uh, you know, and breaking bones. The, 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 the uh, more healthy that your muscles are around your bone, the less risk you're going to have of not only falling, but also breaking something or breaking a bone as, if you do fall. Okay. So this is where you have to do everything you can to mitigate sarcopenia as you get older. Okay. So we know that maintaining thyroid health is important. We know that maintaining muscle mass through your adolescence into as you get older is important. And we know that, um, staving off car sarcopenia, everything you can, including resistance training and or uh, protein, maintaining adequate protein, all these things can help you at the end of the day to maintain your metabolic health, help with, with you know, uh, support type 2 diabetes, support cognitive decline, and, um, you know, overall health as you get older. So just as something to think about, you know, because uh, it really, really is part of the longevity package. And um, trust me, I would not bring it up if it wasn't that important. Okay. Something to think about.
All right, guys. So I hope you got uh, a lot out of this. Um, just uh, important stuff for you to think about as you uh, maintain your health. Make sure you take care of yourselves. Make sure you take care of each other. Have a great week, guys. Take care.